Hi, and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Laura Picardi, oh my God, it is so fantastic to be having you on this podcast. Thank you very much for having me, lovely lady. Thank you for coming on. Now, we met, God, it was uh, beginning of last year, I think, when you had your book out. Is that right? Yeah, early, yes. Early 2019. It yeah, it was, it was. It was last Jan. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and from that, you then came and did my PR Accelerator or my PR boot camp, and we got to know each other really well through that. But I haven't really spoken to you for at least six months. I know. So a bit with pandemics and things, that kind of stuffed us up a, a bit as well. So here's my first question to you, and I don't actually know what you're going to answer, but what <laughs> do you do these days and why are you doing it? Well, that is a bloody good question, and I'm happy <laughs> I've got it this week as opposed to last week because now we're out of um, coronavirus. So last week it was, I basically sit in my stretchy pants with no bra on and <laughs> try and create world domination, but now I can go out and put my bra on and create world domination. Oh, you must be thrilled um, to be able to put your bra on. <laughs> well, sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure all the ladies out there will agree with us, not all the friggin' No, time. not all the time. So what, what are you doing uh, so, as of next week? So, so as of now, no, so I am a writer, a speaker and a presenter. Yes. So I focus my, my, in my previous life, um, which we'll talk about, I have no doubt. Uh, I've been very much in the coaching world, life coaching, performance coaching and specializing in stress management. Yes. And so I'm now evolving into the next phase of that and delivering it in a much more fun way uh, through my writing and my speaking and my presenting uh, because I like to teach people through entertainment, through story. You know, anyone who's read my book will know that. And I'm just, I'm kind of sick of people being told what to do, you know, like change your life in six easy steps. I think we might be almost at the end of, of our tether, oh. all of us with that kind of stuff. Totally, totally. And I'm it, it sounds so false. It really does. It really does. And I was, I just got to a point where I was completely over it. And uh, the coronavirus gave me my perfect opportunity to make those changes, which I'd wanted to do. And again, I'm sure everyone out there is in similar situations at various times. You want to make changes, but life keeps happening. You have to keep just rolling with the punches. Yep. Um, so lucky we had a worldwide pandemic. So <laughs> How convenient. Uh, I, I wonder actually... if they knew that you needed that. I think they did. I think they did. And so I got to uh, not pivot. I am literally banning that friggin' word pivot. Oh, my I hate God. It. Talk about overused. <laughs> yeah. I think that was one of the catalysts, actually, for my change. I was <laughs> like, if I hear that word one more time, I'm, I'm going to murder someone. Uh, so anyway, so so that's when I really started to focus on my it's, it's always been my long term goal is to create meaningful entertainment. Um, and as I said, the book was the precursor to that. So I just went, why, why am I waiting? Why don't I just do it now? So what are you going to do? Like, tell me. So you're going to be telling stories but, and, or entertaining. What, what exactly is it? So the best way to describe it is business satire. So I'm basically taking the piss out oh of business God. and the business world. So uh, as you will know, uh, being in the small business world, we do a lot of crazy shit as yeah, small business owners. <laughs> and here's the thing, we all do the same crazy shit, but we think we're the only people doing it. <laughs> 
And um, so I basically want to lift the lid on it. That's what I'm doing. I'm kind of exposing the world of business, but in a fun and entertaining way. And, you know, because my background is what it is in coaching and thought and behavior change, it's not just willy nilly me taking the piss. Um, the point of it is to kind of trivialize the stuff that we do so that you can then take something from it. Number one, you can understand I'm not the only person that thinks and does this. So that immediately lifts a weight from your shoulders. Yes, immediately. Um, but then, you know, through these stories, there'll also be, you know, a few little golden nuggets in there that people can take if they want or they can just be entertained. So, so, how, so how is this going to manifest itself? So this is a podcast and a website and maybe a book. Yes. Is that kind of it again? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so through content on my website, laurapicardi.com is now where everything is. Um, so yeah, through blogs, through podcasts and through videos and then in the physical world through speaking and presenting. All right, so this is one of the cleverest business ideas I think I've heard. I absolutely love it. And I, <laughs> anything, anyone is lifting the lid off anything and sort of getting rid of all the artifice, I'm, I'm already in love with it. But how are you going to make money out of it? So the speaking and presenting is where that is. Right. And I mean, look, I'm under no illusion. It's not something that I'm going to make millions off of immediately. Oh, don't don't say that and, and alert the gods because you don't know. You might be the number one business satirist in the world before we know it. That's true. That's true. So and, and also, let's not forget, I'm British. So satire is basically in my blood. Um, yes. <laughs> and taking the piss. Uh, but I also so with my husband, we also have an Italian food business. So that's kind of my bread and butter, um, make sure that I can eat, kind of pay the rent. Business. Oh, I was thinking you were going to use that as a source of uh, how to unveil what goes on behind a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that I don't know that ours is, is, is normal because my, my husband's Italian. So I'd like to think not all restaurants are like that because everyone would be going frigging mental. <laughs> <laughs> so, OK, so th so you're going to do all this. But what was the light bulb moment and why are you doing it? Like what 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 is the. Why have you been wanting to do this since you were younger? So I, I've always been, well, okay, so I've always been someone who likes to bugger about. That's one of my main things that makes me happy in my life is to just fuck around. Excuse my friend. Yeah. Are we allowed to swear? I forgot to ask. I think that's why I like you. Yeah, okay. I can oath you can swear. <laughs> um, and, and so, but during my business journey, I've had moments where I've, I've squashed it because I decided that that's not what a business owner does, right? We have to be serious. We have to be respectable. We have to kind of fall in line. And it's never worked well, out. Well, we thought we did. Yeah. We thought we did, right? Well, I think we've probably all fallen into the trap. And I think we all constantly fall into the trap. And then we realize and we fall back in, but hopefully not quite as far. Um, yeah. So I've always enjoyed that. Even when I was young, I was always doing news, um, you know, playing music. I was a synchronized swimmer. Fun fact. Ooh, ten years, you know. Were you? Yeah. A synchronized swimmer. <laughs> oh, I've got to hear more of that afterwards. Keep going, though. <laughs> um, so I've always been quite creative. Um, but yeah. to be honest with you, I think I was scared to actually do something with it. Uh, number one, obviously, the fear of it not being any good, the fear of being rejected and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I can say all this in hindsight now. Um, and number two, I think I just decided, how can you really make a living from that? You know, it's not a serious job. I kind of always had this thing in my brain that in order for me to be successful, it had to be, you know, high up in the corporate world or high up in the standard business world. And so I've always followed that path and it served me really well, you know, in ways I've learned a lot. 
I, I wouldn't be able to take the piss out of business if I hadn't run businesses. No, no, true, right? very true. Um, but, yeah. but I've done a lot of personal growth on my journey. Um, you know, as you know, Jules, the others don't, but I, I hit a massive burnout. I had adrenal fatigue and that what kind, that's what pushed me on the path of stress management. I know a lot about that. Yeah. Um, and life coaching. And, um, and I've forgotten why I started saying that. <laughs> oh, you were talking right. about. Yeah, the personal growth. So through that, I've obviously had to learn a lot through coaching people. I've continued to grow as well. And I'm just at a point in my life where I'm just like, fuck it. Like, I, I, I am good at this stuff. Why not have a crack? Yeah. Why not do what I love? And I 100% agree that you are really good at this stuff. And I'm dying to see what you do, actually. It's really good. But I also feel like, I don't know, what age are you? 38. Okay, so you're nearly 40 and I'm just over 50 and I've had exactly the same moment and I was talking to a woman the other day who was in her early 30s and I said, you know, when I was your age, I don't think I ever wanted to ruffle the feathers of anyone. Are you so worried about your reputation, your career, that if you put yourself out there and people disagree that you've really fucked up something quite major in your life, so you really do kind of get nervous. Yeah. And something's happened to me since the pandemic, since January, which is really, she's the boss has really all come up around then. Yeah. And, and I think I'm almost ready to start agitating and, and, you know, like I am so sure that what I'm saying is right for me that I don't give a shit what anyone else thinks. Totally, totally. And who is to say what's right and what's wrong? Yeah. Well, that's right. We don't know. So we can only say and do what is right for us. And, yes. and I'll just tell you, um, you know, one of the key things that helped me uh, to make this change was um, I came back to what's important to me and what I ultimately want in life, um, just yeah. so everyone who's listening can kind of understand the process I went through with this um, and just came back to, you know, what are my core values? What do I actually want in life? What is my purpose at the risk of sounding wanky? And my, my purpose is to make a positive difference in people's lives. Now, yeah. I've been doing that with coaching and that's great and I've achieved it. But actually, this is, an I believe, an even greater way to do that and do it in a different way. Um, and also... And I actually, I think that when you start playing, as in having fun and nothing to lose, mm. which is kind of how I feel about She's the Boss. Like, it's not my main business at the moment, but I've got nothing to lose. Yeah. So I can do whatever the hell I want. It's so freeing. Mm. But I think it also resonates with other people and sets you on a path of success purely because you're doing what you've got, you know, such a huge passion for. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I'm never happier than when I'm fucking around. If I, if I look back on my life at the miserable times, it's always because I've, you know, put myself in a box or, you know, tried to contain myself. But no, I will want to be free and draw comedy willies everywhere. That's my... Oh, I just love it. All right. So that was the perfect segue there because you were talking about your, your journey. So let me go right the way back. I want you to... Because I reckon there's a whole lot of women that would be listening to this who might be younger, who might be just coming out of something or even older. It doesn't really matter. Mm. but just who are going, how do you end up being able to do a business satire? What is the word for it? What is a business satire kind of business Mm. around that? So where did you start off when you left school? What did you want to do? And what's the journey been like since then? Can you think back that far? Yeah, uh, yeah. well, I can think back that far. But actually, at that point in time, I don't remember a lot because I was basically drunk the whole time. (laughs) Right. So moving on from From that. 
Um, <laughs> look, I never knew what I wanted to do in life, to be honest with you. I've always been in the business world. My family had um, a business ever since I was born. We used to live above, uh, we had a department store. Um, we used to right. live above there. I was pricing things up from the age of three, apparently. But no huge passion for retail, I noticed. Um, I, do you know what? I do like it, but it's just not, I don't think it's the way to go right now. Um, right. I like talking to people, you know. Um, yeah, so you grew up over a department store. And did you go to uni? Uh, I, I did, um, but I, um, I'm trying to remember. I had a gap <laughs> year, I think, because I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, and then right. I came across a business um, diploma that you could then top up to a, a degree. So I did that. I, I didn't do the usual English thing of going away to uni. I stayed at home. I had a boyfriend, a shit boyfriend, FYI, at that point, yeah. and I didn't want to leave him. Um, and so I did the uni thing. I did business. And then I worked for a bit. So I've always worked in my parents' store, even on a Saturday. And then I did some corporate stuff, you know, customer service, marketing, all that dipped in and out of different things there. And then I went away traveling. So I, I finally split up <laughs> with said dickhead. At last. How old are you at this stage, roughly? I was 24. Like 24 24, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And, um, and the best way to get over a relationship, obviously, is to go to the other side of the world. <laughs> oh, it always works. 100% guarantee. Yeah, exactly. So I did that. So you came from England to Australia or did you go somewhere on the way? No, that, so that wasn't when I moved to Australia. So I did uh, just like a little world tour. So I did um, Thailand and Singapore. Uh, where I did do Australia. That's when I fell in love with Australia, Fiji, New Zealand. I think that was it. All the things that seem so incredibly exotic to people in England. Oh my gosh. And in so and whereas in Australia, we kind of go, oh yeah, I went to Fiji. How boring. I know, <laughs> you know? I know. In, in the, I and I, be like, oh my God. I've got to tell you, I, I did the neighbours tour <laughs> and went to the neighbours night. That was Oh, the good girl. Well, I'll tell you, I did Madame Two Swords. So we're, 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 we're even. <laughs> Um, and so I came back from that. And so on that uh, journey, I fell in love with photography. So I came back and I went back to uni. I did another degree um, in photography, right. video and media. Uh, wow, I didn't know that. Yes. Fascinating. Uh, and so then I always knew I wanted to come live in Australia after I'd visited. I just didn't know how. I didn't know when. So I worked in mum and dad's shop again for a bit while I tried to figure stuff out, did photography stuff on the side. And then my best mate, who's a, a scuba diver, um, him and yeah. I scuba dive a lot, uh, invited me to go on holiday for Christmas and New Year to Indonesia with him. And I'd always said no, because, you know, Christmas is a family time. But this time I went, Do you know what, bugger it, I'm going to come and then I'm going to move to Australia afterwards. <laughs> oh, so you actually just made the decision in your mid-20s that you were going to move to Australia? Yeah, so I was 28 by the time I'd sort of done Amazing. my second degree and came here. That is so brave. I mean, I know lots of people do it, but every time I meet someone who just decides to do it, I'm like... Wow, it is really brave. So you'd made that decision. You went off and did the scuba diving. What happened from there? So then I came to Australia, um, did another bit of traveling with my mate. We scuba dived. So I got to see Australia from underwater, which was really cool. We did loads of um, scuba diving road trips. Yeah. And interestingly, I was trying to get into TV production when I first moved to Australia. Okay. It's funny how at the end, I'll tell you the threads that have gone through all of these yeah. same things. Um, and I mean, that was a bit of a silly idea because I had a little piece of paper that said I've done media, but I didn't know anyone. I had no experience. So 
Um, I, I wasn't. I, I tell you, I'll tell you, I did the same thing in London trying to get into the music industry. And I even went and they said the best way to get in is to become a receptionist. And I even went and did typing courses to try and become a receptionist <laughs> because I thought that that was my God. It's so funny, isn't it? The things we do. So. I know. I know. And, and then how they push you on different paths, right? So while I was trying to do that, I was working in a pub and then I thought, you know what? I think I might do some of my fitness certificates because I really liked exercising by that point. Um, and so I thought, well, I can just teach spinning in my spare time. That'll be nice. And then as part of your certification, you have to go to a gym and do like 20 hours work experience. Yeah. So I found a gym, went there. After doing a few hours, the guy offered me a job and offered me sponsorship to stay in the country. And I was like... Oh, how, was, how good is that? So you knew you were on the right track. Yeah, totally. And at that point, I was either going to have to go home or go fruit picking for three months because my visa was ending. Um, right. So I was. I thought, you know what? I'll give it a crack. Maybe that's the lifestyle for me. So well, whether think, it is or it isn't, it would get you into Australia as as a resident, which is important yeah, as well. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. That's right. <laughs> um, and anyway, so me being me, I was like, well, this is nice, but I'm not going to be a personal trainer forever. So um, I started managing that studio, and then I opened my own gym. I found a um, wow. a, a location. And converted an old video store, if you remember what videos are. <laughs> no, what are they? I know. Of course I do. <laughs> um, yeah, funnily enough, that, would, that one had gone downhill, that, that store. So I converted it into a gym and opened up my very own boutique gym, which is very exciting. What was it called? It was called... Laura's Gym? <laughs> no, it was, it was a franchise, actually. That's a whole, okay. whole other friggin' section on my, um, <laughs> on my business satire, franchise and satire. But, but as an overall thing, yes, a good idea to get into a franchise? No, not looking back. Uh, looking back, I wouldn't do it again. Um, yeah. I think it can be good, but I think you, you just have to go into it with your eyes wide open. Like, there's lots right. of pros in terms of the support, being part of a network. Um, you know, the support in terms of all the marketing, the branding um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it depends what sort of person you are. Like I, I realized after I'd gone into it that I, I what I wanted to do didn't fit into their structure. Right. And, course, and it's not really it's your business, but it's not really your business that you can make yeah. those kind of changes. Yeah, exactly. So if you're OK with following the structure and, and you know, following that, great. Um, but as we probably understand by now, that's not how I like to roll. Um, so, well, I mean, I didn't actually have to make the decision because about eight months into operation, I had a phone call from my head trainer. I'd gone home one, one Friday afternoon early um, and he called me up and said, hey, Laura, there's been a bang and there's some smoke. And I was like, first of all, I was like, for fuck's sake, can't I just have one afternoon oh, off. Yeah, like just, just go and put a tea towel over it or whatever you need yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, I went back down to the to the studio and uh, as I pulled up to the traffic lights, I could smell smoke, a fire engine screamed past. Oh, I pulled up no. to the studio and there was smoke bellowing out the back of my oh, gym. Oh, Laura. Um, and I mean, long story short, over the course of the next three hours, I stood and watched the roof of my gym fall into the street next door. Oh my God. So what did you, so what do you do when you see that happen? Well, the first thing you do is double check that you've got insurance. <laughs> and did you? I did. Um, oh, you know, thank goodness. when you set up a business, especially like I'd never done anything like that before, you know, fitted out an entire gym. 
you you inevitably forget stuff. You don't know what you've done. And so I remember literally being sat on the pavement, crying, searching through my emails on my phone, going, please let me have insurance. Please let me have insurance. I did. I didn't have enough, unfortunately, but that's that's another story. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. That There's lessons happened. to be learned in all of that as well. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I can, And I can also teach you a shitload about disabled access. <laughs> 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 that was the bane of my life for a couple of months. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so that was completely totaled. Oh, by the way, in case anyone's wondering, it wasn't an insurance job. <laughs> if it was, it was a shit one. No, it was a genuine. This was supposed to be my business going forward. Yeah, exactly. Um, I hadn't realized at that time it, I didn't fit into the structure. So it wasn't, it was convenient, but not, not, it, it, like, not by Yeah, me. in some ways you could say it's like the universe oh. knew that you were heading down the wrong road and needed to do something to set you back on the right path. Totally. And actually at that point, personally, I was, I was already burning out I just didn't know I didn't have time yeah, to right. figure it out but it was actually a fire in the next door neighbor Chinese kitchen and they came out told me all about it immediately and I was like good go tell the police all of that now please <laughs> <laughs> and then my insurance company yeah exactly so so that happened again me being me I was like this is my opportunity to show everyone that I'm a phoenix rising oh, good from girl <laughs> So I, I organized the next day was a Saturday and we have boxing class and coffee club on a Saturday. So we did that from a park. Um, and then by the Monday, I'd relocated us to another gym. I'd managed to get a, another gym to let me operate my business out of it. So we continued operating, which was good. Well, was it good? I mean, was that really what you wanted? Because <laughs> what happened next? So then I continued operating for about nine months. So a few months oh, into right. it. I realized, um, you know, this isn't actually, this isn't what I signed up for. Um, you know, the, um, the franchise were getting, you know, wanting me to find a new site, of course. But I didn't know what insurance money I was going to get. Like, I didn't get paid out for ages. It was all, and, and, and by that point, my physical health was really not okay. And my mental health. I was basically, So tell me about stress and what it did to your body. Because I, I actually had a She's the Boss lunch last week and looked at four women who all have had pretty much burnout and their bodies have given up on them and they they have they will never be the same again mm. and i remember looking at all four of them going wow so really stress is so bad for you that it can ruin the rest of your life if you don't pay attention to it yeah 100% i mean i have to say for me it's it's completely changed my life but it's taken me for the years better. to get there um, but for me, so the, the, the classic ways it showed up for me, I had um, massive digestive issues, extreme bloating to the point where I remember I was in my personal training uniform and someone asked me if I was pregnant. And I was like, right. oh. I went and cried for about three hours after that. Oh, you poor love. <laughs> um, I, I feel did... a bit sorry for the person that said it to you as well, because they probably realized straight away how awful that was and, and that they'd got it wrong. And oh, God. But anyway, yeah, you, yep, you so. don't want to be that person, hey? So bloating and digestion, I didn't realize that. What other things? Oh, yeah. Blo by the way, digestion is like the first thing to go when you're stressed, um, whether, right. it's, whether, whether it's to not show up or show up far too much. Um, and then I didn't have a period for two years. Two years. Good God, right. Um, I had adrenal fatigue, so I was constantly, well, I was either really, really tired or wired at completely the wrong times. 
Um, right. But when, I, when I'd relocate to my gym to the other place, I, I literally would not be able to get off the couch. Like, that's how tired I was. And I'm sure you can oh. appreciate for a gym owner with a team of trainers as well. <laughs> Less than ideal. Not <laughs> ideal at all. So I was having to, like, summon everything I could to just drag my ass in, fake it, literally fake it, um, yeah. when I was there to still try and be this phoenix that everyone thought I was. Um, so anyway, so then a few months into that, I realized this isn't, this isn't working. So, uh, wanted to exit the franchise. Uh, that was a massive, massive struggle. Um, so I had to end up going to mediation. Easy to get in, not so easy to get out. Especially when your fucking business burns down. Like seriously, it's not like I've just decided I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, exactly. You'd think they'd let you off the hook for that. Yeah. But anyway. Exactly. So So extricated yourself from the gym finally. And then what, and then what was the next move? And so, well, actually, while I was exiting, I then started my business Uppy. Um, yeah. And so that at that point still had quite a lot of a physical exercise element to it. Um, and then I started to obviously understand, well, not obviously understand the mindset stuff from my own personal journey. So then however long it took me on my journey, I did coaching qualifications, NLP qualifications. Uh, and then I moved my way into the coaching uh, with the with the um, attention on stress, because that's what I'd been through. And I realized that, I mean, as you've just said, there were four women at your lunch yeah. that experienced it. You know, I think almost everyone is, is experiencing it to some degree. Yeah. Um, and we just don't understand. Which is why, again, sorry, just to go back to the pandemic, mm. it's been so beautiful because it's just put a stop on everything. And, and I mean, God, if we feel like we're stressed, there must be so many blokes out there trying to, you know, rule the world yeah. that, that just didn't know themselves when all of a sudden they're home seeing their families every day yeah. for two months. Yeah. And it, I mean, I really hope that this is, this is going to make, be part of a massive change, you know, globally about the way people look at work. Yeah. But anyway, I sorry, so I interrupted. So, um, so that's that. Yeah. So then I moved into my coaching and that's basically what I've been doing for the last few years. I launched my book as we've spoken about. Um, and yeah. What's now the I'm, book called again? Just tell everyone the book's name. It's called Unfaked unfaked that's yeah. right so it's about not being fake which of course was very timely as well considering yeah absolutely. what's happening and what's hap- and it's a perfect segue into business satire which is about not being fake as well 100% and and you know all of this stuff that I'm talking about you know people might uh, there might be a negative connotation attached to me saying people are being fake um, but what I mean is just not being ourselves so my whole mission in life yeah. is to just help people understand who are you and how can you be that person, you know, ideally 100% of the time, but with no restrictions. Um, and, and as, as you, you know, from what I've just told you, that's absolutely the journey that I've been on. Yeah. Um, and life is so much frigging better <laughs> when you yes. are just yourself. Yourself. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about. Right. So you've done all this and I love the fact that you're going to do business satire. Now I'm going to ask you a question that you may or may not have an answer to, but I'm just mm-hmm. interested, particularly, I guess, because this is out there about women in business for women in business. And one of the um, phrases that I've come up with for she's the boss is a, it's about empowering the women around you. So let's try and help some other women that are there. Mm-hmm. Have there been any women along the way that you feel like have really made a difference to help you in your journey? Um, yes, there are. There's a couple that jumped to mind, actually. Uh, the first one was my first business coach that I had when I opened the gym. 
I yeah. went and got an external one from from the franchise, and she actually was my life coach. She was not my business coach. Um, right. So you know, I'd go in every week. Uh, we'd we'd do it over the phone because she was based in Melbourne and I was in Sydney. And um, you know, I'd go right. Okay, let's talk about a marketing plan today. Let's let's get a marketing plan sorted. And she'd go, "How about we just talk about why you haven't implemented any of the other plans that we've spoken about, Laura?" And I'd be like, "Oh fuck!" And then I just remember loads of sessions. I'd be sat in my car crying. I'd be sat in the corner of my office crying. It was so. She's much more a counselor than just a life coach. Have we got a name? Is there a name you can do a shout out for? Her? Uh, yeah, but she doesn't do it anymore. She actually went back oh, okay. into the corporate world. Her name's Georgina, um, okay. and yeah, so she she's the person that opened my eyes to uh, to really life coaching and, and thinking differently. And to understanding yeah, right. that it's it's usually us ourselves that are holding us back. It's not the business yep. strategy, um, which again is why I want to you know take the piss out a lot of these business strategies for people to understand. You know, it's it's coming from you. I my all my taking yeah. the piss comes from that place to just get people to understand it doesn't need to be this hard and to help them understand where to look to create the change. Yeah, and there's an, and that really fake it till you make it is actually a bullshit thing yeah. to do and that you really want to be real all the way through. Yeah. And take the hits with the with the you know, take the ups with the downs, yeah. but in the end you're better off being real and not getting caught out I guess about being really fake. Yeah. Absolutely. Um so you said there was another woman was there another time when Um so the other came woman who still life? continues to impact me now on my journey is my naturopath. Um oh, so yeah. She just helped me through my stress response. Unfortunately, um, the, the standard medical system didn't really understand stress and the adrenal fatigue thing. Um, and so I was misdiagnosed. I was prescribed uh, medication for a lot of things that we, we just weren't getting to the heart of it. So, so my naturopath, she's been amazing. My body is better now than it's ever been. Um, right. and, and she just has continued to su- support me through it all. And I think sometimes... So is she still just doing naturopathy things or is she actually doing a whole lot of stuff all around? I mean, I, I haven't personally haven't been to a naturopath, but so is it just medical, you know, like I know that they give you um, Chinese medicines and all that kind of thing, but is there other stuff in your life that she's helped you with as well? Yeah, so she 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 basically has helped me with all of the different systems of my body um yeah i mean naturopaths will give you lifestyle advice but with my eating and my exercise see that's always been quite good right this is another thing for the ladies out there that are listening so here's here's a fucked up story for you so um so i always sat at about 19 percent body fat um for, for years and so she has a machine that you sit on to measure all sorts of things so one month I went and I was 19%. The next month I went and I jumped up to 30% body fat. My diet and my exercise had not changed. Um, but my body, because it was in a stress response, it had just started converting everything into fat because it was basically trying to keep me safe and protect me. Didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, and so it just basically had everything on high alert and was doing what it needed to do to protect me. So... Yeah. Um, that just shows you, right, what what can happen. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, 
19 to 30 is humongous. <laughs> I mean, that's enough to make anyone want to jump out the window right there, right? Um, so what she did then was help me get to the underlying sources. Where's it coming from? So it took quite a long time because, you know, we had to sort out digestive system, hormonal system, you know, lymphatic system, my liver, like there was so many different things. So, um, she helped me with that. And now we just go and, um, you know, top things up. And now, now we're thinking about having kids. So she's helping us with that as well. So Right. Yeah. Oh, well, that'll be a whole fun journey in front of you. Oh, I'm, wait for I'm, the jokes I'm, I'm almost at the other end of that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's great. Just quickly as well, I forgot to say when I was talking about my journey, but again, I think it's be interesting for your listeners. Um, I said that there's a thread that's kind of gone through all the things I've done. Because I think quite often we think we get stuck and we think, well, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to have to do. This is it for me. Um, but all of my things, you know, they've been quite different, but they've always actually been very connected. So of course, when I did business, well, that's run through everything. Um, but when I did my degree, my focus was on women's body image in women's magazines and in the media. Um, so my, my final, I did a final photography installation piece that was all around that. My media dissertation was all around that. Um, and so then I moved into the health and wellness industry. So of course, all that came into play. Um, and then of course I moved, excuse me, into coaching, but then the, the coaching and understanding people's behavior, then what actually went, took me right back to when I worked in my parents' department store, because my dad is like a master communicator. Um, and so I actually learned a lot from him then that actually then really served me in understanding people's behavior at that point. Um, and then, of course, I've always been a piss taker throughout my life. So, of course, everything then draws together now. And I think knowing that makes it less scary for me to make changes like I'm making at the moment, because I know that everything I've done to this point has had a purpose. Again, at the risk of sounding wanky, I've acquired skills, I've acquired experiences, good and bad that then serve yep. me to go into the next phase. So I think that's really important for your for your listeners to kind of think about as well is, you know, everything does happen. It has a purpose. It's all a step, isn't it? It's a little, it may be a big step or a small step, yeah. but it's all leading yeah. to a, a more experience, more knowledge, more exactly. understanding and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we've heard about the gym, but <clears throat> breaking down, which is obviously, you know, devastating, but mm obviously also then led you down the path of being an author and a speaker. Can you think of any other pivotal moments where, whether it's good or bad, some huge success or or failures outside of the gym burning down that have taught you things that we could maybe pass on some tips to anyone else? Um, Oh, good question. Any other pivotal moments? Actually, I think um, even over the last six months has been a real pivotal moment for me as well. Um, so my husband has lived six months over in Italy for the last three years and then six months here um, because he's he runs a tour, an Italian tour business. And the time he came back this time and it's been really, really challenging for us yeah. to get to live, to get to um, know how to live together again. We're both very independent. Oh, yeah, right. Of course. Um, and so this time he came back and then five days later, his parents came over to visit. And then two days later, my parents came over to visit, um, all living in our house. And very so, stressful. Yeah, we just didn't get time to, to kind of get to know each other again. And it put a shitload of pressure on us to the point where we were even having conversations about are we going to um, stay together or not? 
And, um, and then, of course, you got the COVID happen. That put pressure on. His business got completely wiped out straight away. And so it, it really did help to put things in perspective. You know, that was another reason for me, you know, t- t- making this move because I was frigging miserable to the point I'd even say I was depressed. Um, he was also in a similar state. And I just kind of went, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about ending my marriage, which is absolutely not what I want. But at the moment, that kind of seems like a really viable option. Um, and all this shit that I'm worried about is not as important as that. So I'm just going to down tools for a bit um, and get back to yeah. what's important. Um, and, and as a result, that's now our relationship is now much stronger, which, which for me is my foundation. Cause I am very much like, woo, as I think you are as well, Jules. Yes. <laughs> so I need and my relationship is my foundation too. Totally. And so, so for me, that has been a massive pivotal moment in my life to really have basically, it felt like everything was just, had just gone to shit. Um, to again yeah. just reassess everything and just go no the, these are the things that are important p.s they're really simple things I just need to get well, back one, to well that. one of the things though I mean if he has gone for six months every year that would be that would be a strain on anyone's relationship so have you worked out going forward and assuming borders are open is he going to continue to do that or are you going to go with him or have you got, have you worked out anything around how to manage that um, no so he actually so I went with him last year I think, or the year before, and I didn't like right. I didn't like living there, which sounds really spoiled because right. it's in the cu- t- Tuscan countryside. It's lovely, but just it wasn't enough going on for me. Oh, you're such a pampered princess. Oh, I know, darling. Um, and so, uh, so, but he, so he, we knew that wasn't going to be forever. So he actually had got people this year to run the tours for him on the ground, and he was going to stay here anyway. Um, so right. again, look, that happened and, and thank goodness it did. It's right? amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I, yeah, um, he's going to be here anyway and then we'll just pop back as and when we need yeah, to, to check. Great. That's a much better. Yeah. And we'll be much better for you if babies come along too. Well, yeah, we kind of need to be in the same country if, if he wants to get me up the dust. <laughs> well, to have the baby, yes. But then when you've got it, you know, either of you, if you get any space out, you'll love that as well. <laughs> yeah, true. So... Tell me about being a business owner and how you juggle work and life and whether work and life are seamless or whether you sort of compartmentalize them. Um, yeah. So again, that's chopped and changed a lot over my journey. So when I had my gym, just so you know what not to do, I <laughs> used to quite often sleep on a swag in my office so that I didn't have to oh waste time God. going home. <laughs> Oh, honestly, Laura. Yeah. Okay. Classic not to do. Yeah. So don't do that. So, um, so, so obviously I worked my ass off far too much. I slept four hours a night, um, for many years that did not serve me as we all now know. Um, then I went the other way and I was terrified that if I worked too much, I was going to go back, um, the same way. So now, um, I don't really have strict rules. I kind of just go with it. I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, everyone listening out there has their times when they're more productive and they're not. For example, when it's coming up to the time of my period, I can't think. I don't have much energy. I'm livid quite a lot of the time. Um, that's yeah. not really my best time to be creative. So I'll either do some other stuff, you know, the admin, the boring shit that I don't need to think about too much. Um, or I just won't. I'll just like do a little stint and then I'll go have a walk, you know, or do something yeah, like that. Yeah, great. 
Um, and then, and then other times, of course, when I am in the flow, then I'll just, I'll just keep on going. So I think for me, what I've learned is it's about the outcome. It's not about, um, how I get there. So I used to think, oh, I have to work this many hours. And guess what? I'd work that many hours. I'd make it fit into that time. Whereas now I know I need to achieve a certain thing by a certain time. So if it means I do a full day working my ass off and then nothing the next day, it doesn't matter. Um, as long as I get, yeah. as long as I get to the outcome. Yeah. And I would definitely say, and I mean, you know, I was talking about this because I work from home and my business is at home. It is kind of seamless in some mm. ways, but, and I'd like you, you know, we work hard when things are busy and when they aren't, but I definitely give myself permission to take days off. Yeah. And it might be a Wednesday and a Thursday. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't actually got any meetings. I've been working my ass off I'm just going to let myself have the time off. And I think that's super important as well. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And, you know, we live in this lovely country in Australia where it's not raining all yeah. the time like it is in England. Um, so I want... Well, speak for yourself. I'm in Melbourne. But anyway. Well, okay. That, but you're like, yeah, you're in the middle, aren't you, of, of the two? Um, yeah. So, so I like to have the opportunity, if it's sunny, to go down the beach, um, you know, yeah. in the afternoon. Uh, and so, again, I'll just plan around that and go, that's good. All right. You're going to take two hours off to go down to the beach. Well, this is what you're going to you need to achieve. So yeah. how are you going to make that happen? So, that's, yeah. yeah, that's perfect. Start earlier or whatever. OK, now, I think you mentioned it earlier and I don't know whether I caught it, but and there may be another one. But is there a quirky fact that most people don't know about you that you want to share? Um, well, uh, <laughs> the, there's the synchronized swimming one. That's a bit. That's of a... right. Go on. Tell me a little bit about how in heaven's name did you get into that? <laughs> I got into it when I was really little because um, I was I was a very strong swimmer and there was literally nothing else I could do because I'd done all of the stuff and everything. Yeah, because in England, of course, swimming is not the forefront of everything like it is in Australia, I guess. Yeah, so. we do we do do quite a lot of it, but to do anything structured, there was I was just I'd done it all and then I was too young to do the next stuff. So we were at the swimming pool and Mum saw the synchronized swimming and and I I. I done dancing I think I might have quit by then or I was still doing it anyway mum just said do you want to have a go at that like you you can do that you're you're old enough to do that so I was like yeah all right and then I did it for so 10 how long years did you continue that for 10 years I did it for and I, I did it nationally and yeah wow I know oh my god do you think you could do it now uh, I, I do. I can. I do have a little go every now and then. Although I haven't got a nose wow. clip, so I can't do any of the complete upside down stuff. But um, yeah, I do do just have a little go every now and then when I'm in the ocean or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I wonder whether, I mean, I never really hear of synchronized swimming, swimming groups in Australia, but there must be some. Yeah. Because we, it's now an Olympic sport, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It has I think been it an is. Olympic sport for years. The Russians are the ones to watch. They're the, they're the best ones. Unfortunately, I don't know how the Aussies used to do the English. We 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 weren't very good. We never used to play right. very much. Right. But, um... Okay. And now, th- look, this has been great. We're coming towards the end, so I'm going to ask you something that's nothing to do with anything else, okay. which is on your telephone. Yes. What are the two most useful apps that you use outside of banking? Because I ask that blanket, and people go, "Oh, my banking app." So let's just move on from that. What um, else? So this is for work. Oh, for work. Well, actually, okay. So one. One that I use, which I guess isn't for work, but it does help with my work, is um, Yoga Glow, which... Um, oh, okay. So I have to do yoga to keep myself calm and um, energized, so therefore I work better. So I use yeah. that every day. Um, what else do I use for work? I don't actually use that many apps, to be honest with you. I've just... Oh, no, found- well, that's all right. I just thought if you had a couple that sprang to mind. What about for fun? Um, 
So literally yesterday, I I started using an app called Power Director, which is a video um, right. app. And I spent all last night editing videos of my little dog and putting his antics to music. <laughs> I saw it. I saw one of him when he was, we had his new coat on and was flipping over. Yeah, well, there's like a whole series of those videos now because I spent all night doing it. So... Um, so I really, I really enjoy that. And then, and then I know this sounds really boring, but the Kindle app and the um, Audible, like I always, yeah. I like those to just sort of either learn or escape. And that's kind of it. I don't really use um, much else on my phone, to be honest with no, you. No, well, that's, uh, that's absolutely fine. I have to admit I'm terrible because I still do Candy Crush and I started it about <laughs> wow. three years ago. And my kids look at me and go, Mum, you must be one of the only people left in Australia <laughs> that's doing it. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, funnily enough, no, they're not. There's people I know who are above me. <laughs> There's a whole secret society of Candy Crush I uh, know, it's shocking. All right, so... Um, to wind this up, can yeah. you tell everyone how they can get hold of you and where are we going to be able to see this business satire stuff? Yes. So on my website, laurapicardi.com. So it's P-I-C-C-A-R-D-I. Just spell Picardi for everyone, just in case. P-I-C-C-A-R-D-I. Yeah. Dot com. And yep. then my new podcast is called Bare Naked Business. Oh, I love it. And uh, and that's really all you need to know right now. Everything that you um, could want will, is on my yes. website. So we can get hold of you and we now know that we can go bare naked business. What a great name. Thank you. Well, look, I don't even know how to say thank you because that was a brilliant interview and I love talking to you and I cannot wait, cannot wait to see you come out with all this stuff. Yay, thank It's going you. to be brilliant and I just think you're so clever and lovely. So oh, thank, thank you. you a million times over for coming on it. Likewise. And um, I'm, I'm sure lots of people will learn a lot from this one. Oh, thanks, George. And thanks for leading the way um, for ladies and having these these conversations, right, that are just real and not not, not full of wank. I know I've said that um, <laughs> word quite a lot. but <laughs> Well, I'll be keeping my eye out as long as I don't appear in any of your business satire things because I've become a wanker, then I'm all right. No, it's all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, call, I'll call the person mules. <laughs> yeah okay great i'll know then from now on all right thanks so much laura thank you i hope you've enjoyed this she's the boss chat episode it was great to have you here if you want to stay in touch you might also like some of the other things that we've got going on with she's the boss firstly i've got the she's the boss show which is on ticker tv now you can watch that either on tickertv.com.au or you can download the ticker app from any of the app stores, so Apple and Android, and they've got an app that is for your phone, for your iPad or tablet, and for the smart TV. Or you could join us for our free Zoom lunches for female founders that we hold online. The best way to do any of these things really is go to she'sthebossscomau and on there you can register for the lunches and I've also got links to the website. So either way, I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm really enjoying digging down and getting down to the nitty gritty with these women and I hope you'll join me for the next episode. 